This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome to the Pick'em Podcast. We're going to be picking UFC Stockholm, I believe. I believe they're in Sweden. Um, uh, hopefully there's not a gun in my head. Yep, Stockholm, Sweden. Welcome, Pick'em Podcast, Stockholm, Sweden. We are recording this on Memorial Day. So I want to give a big thank you for all the vets, um, past and present, for all the men and women who serve this country. It's a, it's, it's an honor to live here and uh, proud to be an American. That's for goddamn sure. And um, it's, it's incredible what, what, what these people um, <clears throat> do day in and day out and what they have done. It's incredible. It's, it's something that I could never do. I, I remember when I got done with high school, <clears throat> when you don't get when you don't go to college right away, I mean, I didn't go to college right away. I didn't get, I, I didn't apply or whatever because I was a fucking idiot. But um, and uh, so the the military is contacts you, and I I believe the army and the marines or whatever came to the house. Marines were in and out. Those guys were like, listen, if you want to do it, cool. If not, we're getting the fuck out of here. The army came and they sat down forever, and they wouldn't take no for an answer. They're like, well, you need this and this is. And I literally told him from the get-go, I'm not brave enough to do it. I'm not that brave. I'm scared, right? I'm not cut from that cloth. There are several people, uh, thousands and millions of people in this world that are cut from that cloth that go into the military and serve our country and protect our freedoms, which is amazing. It's incredible. I I, I can't do that. I'm not that person. I have so much respect for all the men, men and women that do it. And uh, what a great Memorial Day. And uh, we're going to pick some fights. That's what I'm going to contribute. While you contribute fighting the Army and saving the world, um, I'm going to pick fights. So, uh, yeah. So, I'm pretty useless at this point. When you really stack them up and compare them, I'm a real pile of shit. Anyway, we have a nice little card here. Um, I'm doing it early. I usually put... You're probably going to be listening to this on Thursday. And you're probably wondering, why the fuck is this guy talking about Mario? That was like a week ago. Well, I'm recording this early because I am... Hitting the road, Jack. I'm. We're leaving. Family vacation starts the 31st. Uh, we're leaving probably middle of the night, the 31st. The 31st is just you know me fucking going around and packing last minute, getting the rental car, getting the dog situated, all that. We're actually gonna leave in the middle of the night because it's a 12 hour ish drive to the beach. Going to the beach for a week. So while I'm driving, these fights will be going on. I'm coming home the eighth. So I will have, I will probably be at home in time to catch the main card of the UFC 238. I have a pick for you for that. That's going to come out the following week. So I already got that situated for you guys. Um, so we're going to do June 1st, Stockholm, Sweden. Get your picking pens ready, baby. We got some, thir- we got 13 fights to pick here. <clears throat> in the first fight, boy, do we got a barn burner because I don't know any of these guys. And by the way, I want to preference this. If you really get annoyed with me, and how bad my pronunciation is uh, of some of these names. This isn't probably the podcast for you because I'm going to butcher pretty much everyone's name besides maybe three guys, right? And Anthony Smith, old Tony Smith, that's an easy one. But uh, so if, if you have a little phobia or whatever it is of, of me mispronouncing and butchering names, I apologize ahead of time. So, first fight of the night, you got Danilo Bellarudo, who's 12 and 3. He is a plus 110 underdog. He's fighting Joel Alvarez or Jolero Alvarez, Spanish, 15 and 2, and he is a minus 140 favorite. Um, 
<clears throat> again, I remember Alvarez, he fought, I believe he fought that Russian killer uh, the, the first time um, his UFC debut. He's got a great record. He was 15-1 coming in the UFC. Had a lot of submission wins. He's tricky off his feet. Kind of big for the division, big for the lightweight, long. How tall is he? Uh, 5'11". I mean, he's, I guess, average. But, yeah, Demir Ismagalov is he lost a decision to him. Other than that, all his wins are by pretty much finish. Uh, a lot of these earlier wins in Spain, they just said win. Oh, that guy won. So you never can trust him. But a lot of his actual wins that were documented by a real organization have all been by uh, submission. So he's a submission guy. Belarundo is making his UFC debut. I believe he's Italian. I'm from Italy. I'm an Italian. That's a terrible Italian accent. I apologize, but it's the best I got. He looks like he's kind of he kind of does whatever. He has lost by TKO and pound uh, ground and pound. He fought AJ McKee in the past. Lost by ground and pound in Bellator. So um, I can see why Alvarez has the advantage. He has the better record, even though Belarus does have a decent record. Belarus has fought. A tougher competition. I mean, I know you lost AJ McKee, but you've been in there with one of the biggest and brightest stars in the world, even though I believe that was up a weight. I, I think that was at 55, and McKee, you know, he, he competes at 45. Um, again, this is a, a decent fight to kick off the card. I mean, you got you to you put these fucking guys on there, I guess. Uh, I do not have any real analysis besides the fact that Joe Alvarez looked pretty good in his debut against a really tough Russian um, who has an impressive record in, in multiple world champions. He didn't get finished. His stand-up looked decent. <clears throat> His ground game, obviously, is killer. I mean, he's submitting everybody. He's got submissions from all different types of things. Guillotine choke, rear naked choke, arm bar, triangle choke. So he is mixing it up. He is pretty dangerous on the ground. So I'm going to go with Alvarez. I'm going to go with the favorite. Um, I don't know enough about Belarudo, but if you lose in Bellator, even if it's against AJ McKee, who could be future world champ one day, you know, it, it, it just doesn't really go usually that well for you when you come over to the UFC, right? Even though Alvarez and McKee, I don't think, are in the same league. Uh, you know, there's there's a pattern there. So I'm going to go Alvarez there. It's an interesting play because, you know, I'm not confident in Alvarez all that much because I think he does have some limitations. He did slow down that fight. Um but Belarudo, again, I, I don't know enough about him on paper. So if you're going to bet, bet Alvarez. Um, his line's not too crazy. Uh, minus 140 is, is an interesting line for him. He is a slight favorite. Almost, you know, he could go up. He could go down. Again, I shouldn't know more about Belarudo besides the fact that he's an Italian. Next up, you have Devin Clark, who's 8-9-3. Excuse me. He is a plus 115 underdog. He's fighting Darko Stoziak, who's 13-1. And he is a minus 145 favorite. Darko, a guy who I just watched on tape today. He is Serbian, which, I mean, if you're from Serbia, I mean, I know, you know, like most people are like, man, that guy is Russian. He's a scary Russian guy. You know what I mean? Like Russians have this just harder exterior than than most other countries. Like you can, you know, it's it's a little different over there. But I tell you what, if someone goes, would you rather fight a Russian or a Ser- guy from Serbia? I'll, I'll say the Russian Serbia just sounds like just such a devastating. And I don't know if it's because I've seen too many James Bond movies and that's maybe where the bad guys layers are at. But Serbia, man, you got you got to be tough over there. And Darko as your first name, that's pretty badass. I mean, Darko Stolzik. I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but he made his UFC debut against Jeremy Kimball. He won ground and pound in the first round. He's um, a judo-based guy, but he's pretty good everywhere. He's He didn't blow me off the page when, when he fought. 
he's fighting Devin Clark, who, in my opinion, is just one of those guys that like you can't get a pick on. Like, good grappler, tough, can take a good shot, um, and he wears on you. He does have like that that kind of exhausting wrestling style where he's gonna push it against the cage and lean on you, and he can win ugly. You know, he's not gonna get a ton of finishes. He's been finished several times in UFC. He's been finished. All three of his losses in the UFC have been by finish. And all of his wins been by decision. So, you know, he's not going to finish anybody. And he seems like he's going to get finished if he loses. Um, he's got some decent wins on there, but he's got some ugly losses. I mean, Jan Blachowicz, where Naked choked him. And then Alexander Rekic, who's fighting later on the card, uh, knocked him out. This is tough. Um, you know, because it, it, there's a little bit unknown about Darko Stokesik. I mean, he fought Jeremy Kimball, who, again, isn't going to be He's not jumping off anybody's fucking screen. I mean, the guy's not, uh, you know, he, I mean, I guess it's a good debut for him. Um, light heavyweight needs stars. This guy's from Serbia. Again, that just sucks, sounds so fucking tough. I'm picking Stozik. Um, I'm not confident in the pick. I, I, I do like Devin Clark as an uh, as a under here. He was supposed to, I don't know if they, they were supposed to fight before or, or who Devin Clark was supposed to fight, and this fight got pulled out. Okay, he was supposed to fight Ivan Shiklov. And that got canceled, I believe, like the day of or like or like really in the week of the fight. It was something uh, wild, like Devin Clark, I think, got sick or something or, or the other way around. So it seems like he might have been in training camp for a little bit. So hopefully he's in shape because he does gas quite a bit. The number lay on Devin Clark is interesting. Plus 115, that is a nice little underdog number. However, I'm going to take Darko Stoziak because, I mean, 13-1, and one, he's got a good judo background, so hopefully he can handle some of the clinches that Devin Clark's going to do. He's got maybe hoping to work a judo throw in there. He won his first fight by ground and pound. I think if he gets on top, I think Devin Clark's going to be in trouble there. I think, uh, I think Darko's going to get a finish here. Probably maybe if it's going to happen, probably first round. So, um, yeah. So next up, you got Duda Santana, who's three and O versus Bea Maleki, who is one and O. We got Brazil versus, Sweden, I believe, and Duda Santa is a slight underdog at minus 110 or slight favorite. It's a pick and fight. Both making the UFC debuts, and Maleki is on minus 120. Maleki is 1-0, right? And 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 that's pretty crazy to me that she's 1-0 and she's already in the UFC. I looked at her record. Uh, Tapology keeps great records for fighters. There's not a lot on her. I, I, I do not know anything about her. Duda Santa is a Brazilian woman who uh, it frightens me. She um she kind of looks like in this picture I'm looking at she looks like that that in the face Cecil Peoples the old referee that's not racist or I'm not offending anybody she just kind of looks like Cecil Peoples in the face um you know again I just don't I don't know anything um about uh, I don't know anything about the side just got a text message distracting me. About either of these girls, I'm looking at the record now. None of these women look like, I mean, yeah. So this fight is really weird. Unless both these girls have an, incre an incredible kickboxing record that I don't know about, I'm picking blind here. And I'm going to pick Duda Santa because she seems like she's the bigger girl. And when you go, and the Brazilian women run MMA. Amanda Nunes, Jessica Andrade. It's hard to bet against Brazilian women in MMA because they are the lead of the elite. I'm going with that with Santa. She's a slight, it's a pick and fight, slight underdog, slight favorite, whatever way you want to look at it. Line's going to move a little bit, but uh, I'm picking Duda Santa. They have her name Duda Santa here, but I think it, it's something else. I just, I have a, a fun time saying her name. I'm picking her to win the fight. Um, definitely should not bet it unless you know something I don't know about either of these women that doesn't have a lot on tape or 
on record or whatever. They both could be kickboxers that I, you know, I, just, I, I don't follow women's kickboxing maybe as closely as I should. So that's the, yeah, Duda Santa. One more time, how to say her name. Duda Santa. Okay. Next up, you got Nick Hine. He's 14 and 4 and 1. He is a minus 120 favorite fighting Frank Camacho, who's 21 and 7. He is a minus 110 underdog. Anyway, you want to look at another pick on fight. Really surprised by this. Nick Hine was a really highly touted guy coming in from Germany. He had a lot of pressure. Um, he looked pretty good. He looked tough. He, you know, he had a, he built pretty well. He's dropped his last two, Davos Ramos and Damir. Oh, God, Damir. Okay, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name. But he's got some good wins. You know, James Vick uh, decisioned him back in 2014. Um, he hasn't been the most active guy. He's been off for like pretty much, he took two years off and then came back and has lost two. So obviously the the layoff uh, did not help him. But a lot of his wins are, you know, not over the most stiff competition. Hoon Bang is, is a decent little win. And they're all come by decisions. He's a grappling-based guy, but he is a lot of pressure. He does have decent stand-up. Hopefully with the breakoff, he's working his stand-up. He's, he's got a 2-0 skid. Frank Camacho's coming off that hellacious knockout by over Jeff Neal, where he got knocked out, excuse me. Camacho is known for his chin. He took some big, big shots to uh, from Jeff Neal, which was just insane. And then finally, a head kick did him in. It was an, an incredible knockout. Um, rightfully so, Camacho is taking some time off. Camacho's one of those guys I've never been impressed with besides his toughness, right? I think he's a little slow. I think he's a little plodding. I don't think he has that good of a win in the UFC. I don't think there's no big name that he's won against. Um, I mean, he's literally one in three in the UFC. Jeeling, the leech uh, beat him by decision. Drew Dover beat him by decision. His only win is over Damian Brown by split. Um, I see Nick Hine. This is in Europe. I see Nick Hine coming out, needing a win. Um, going back to his old ways, I think he can wrestle Camacho. I think he can be in Camacho's face a little bit. No one's going to finish this. Bet the house on the fact that this will go to a decision. I'm picking Nick Hine to win by decision. Um, I, I just don't see any finish happening because, I mean, both these guys are tough. And uh, I don't know if Camacho has enough. I think it's not firepower, but I don't, the speed and technique's not there. If it turns into a brawl, then shame on Nick Hine. This should not be a brawl. Nick Hine should be pressuring with wrestling, grappling, and punches, mix everything up, and, and Camacho will be a little overwhelmed. Camacho also slows down a lot. Haven't seen him in a while, so maybe he completely, you know, revamped his game a little bit. Probably not, unfortunately. I mean, he's almost 30 fights in his career. I think he's going to make subtle tweaks and maybe do some things different. However, uh, I, I like Nick Hine to win this fight. <clears throat> Next up, you got Stevie Ray. He's 22-8. and eight. He's a plus 190 underdog versus Liano. Leonardo Santos, who is 16-3-1. He's a minus 240 favorite. I, I despise this fight, right? I, I, I hate it. Um, it's so hard. I hate it because I hate to pick it. Um, Leonardo Santos, I think if I'm... Memory serves me correct. hasn't fought... In, okay, so he hasn't fought in almost three years, right? He fought December 8th, 2016. So it's coming up on three years. So two and a half years, he hasn't fought. He has a split decision win over Adrian Martinez. This is a good win for him. Nick Lentz canceled all uh, OAM uh, cancel bouts. Now he's fighting Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray is a guy that I really liked. He's a Scottish man. He came on the scene. He looked good. Um, and then he's the the more the competition has gone up, the less he has went. Uh, he has gone up. I believe he made some some changes. I know he was going to America to train. I do not know with what camp. It's slipping my mind. I want to say AKA, but I don't think that's right. But I, I think he's doing most of his training now in Scotland. 
Um, he's on, you know, he, he's on a one fight win streak. He won his decision back in October. Before that, he lost a split to, uh, Cajun. He got TKO by Paul Felder and then he won a decision, majority decision over Joe Lozon, which is a big win because Joe Lozon's really good on the ground and, and Leonardo Santos is, is kind of, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's Joe Lozon esque. I mean, his judicio is obviously better, but he's built like Joe Lozon and Joe Lozon. Can go for he's got a lot of tricks in his back. He goes for some submissions, some arm bars and stuff. Leonardo Santos kind of really only likes to be on top. He doesn't really work that great from his back. He does have some finishing. Um, uh, he does have some finishing with his with his strikes. You know, he's finished Kevin Lee with punches, which is a big shock. Um, he just hasn't been active enough, man. It just the activity is scaring me here. So that's why I hate this fight because Stevie Ray is. His last couple of fights, he's played a little safe. I feel like if he was a little more reckless, he could. Leonardo Santos. Uh, I'm picking Santos. God, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't want to keep breaking down this fight. I'm going to keep talking myself in circles like I was doing before we got on here. I'm picking Santos to win this fight because I think he has more skills in his bag than Stevie Ray. However, I don't love it to bet it because Santos hasn't fought in almost three years. So take forward. Will. I do think Stevie Ray's a tough guy, but I think... He's a little outmatched here when it comes to Santos. All right, next up, we got some vets, some women vets. Tanya Evinger, who is 19 and 8. She is a minus 260 favorite. She's fighting Lena Landsberg, who is 8 eight and 4. She's a plus 200 underdog. These girls have been around for a long time. They have a lot of similar um, opponents. They both fought Cyborg. Who else did they fight? They fought Yana, I think, right? Did they fight Yana? Yeah, Yana Kolkotovich, Gina Manzani, Aspen Lads, another one they have in common. All losses to the same people. Tanya Evinger is a is a is a fucking swagged out lady. Have you ever seen? You know, she is she's into the ladies. She is a openly gay uh female fighter, and she'll take her shot with some of those cute little like before she got in the UFC. There's that thing, that video. If you've never seen it, type in Tanya Imager. I'm sure it's the first one to pop up. She's she's shooting a shot with that the the and uh, the lady who's um interviewing, very attractive woman. I think she tried to kiss her, or maybe even did kiss her. So I like that from Tanya Imager. Tanya's been around for a long time. I think she's got a lot of miles on her. I'm actually really surprised she's this big of a favorite. If I'm being completely honest with you, this is. A little bit of a reach for Vegas. Um, Lena Landsberg has not looked good in the UFC. She is from Sweden. She's been around for a long time and, and is not the most overly impressive woman, female fighter on the roster, for, that's for sure. However, Tony Evinger hasn't fought in a while. Her last fight was a loss. I don't even know if she's won in the UFC. I could be wrong about that. Let's see. Yeah, so she has, she doesn't have one win in the UFC. She beat Yana by rear naked choke back in 2017. Got a title shot against uh, Chris uh, Cyborg and got knocked out in round three. And then Aspen Lag TKO'd her in round one. I'm going to take the underdog here. I like Lena Landsberg. I like her. um, I like her hometown. I like that she's been more active. And I think Tanya's just got a little bit of miles on her. And when you give when you give someone that big of like minus two sixty so high for Tanya Avenger, who has not looked impressive in the UFC. Going over to Sweden, fighting on enemy territory. I think a lot of this is going to add up. I think Lena Landsberg 
And again, it's a woman's fight. It, it, oh, sorry, bang the mic there. It's a woman's fight, so it is a little bit of a toss-up. So having a line price as high is, is crazy. I think Tanya Evinger is a very talented fighter. She's kind of good everywhere. She's tough as nails. But Lena Lansbury, I think, is going to get it done. They should be a little scrappy and have more cardio. I think it's going to come down to a decision. Maybe a split decision win for Lena Lansbury. Could be home cooking. I don't know, but uh, I like that. Now, this next fight, I don't have on my paper. Thank you, Topology. I don't know if it got added just just uh, uh, fucking two weeks ago, but you got surgery, Sergey uh, Kanazogol. God, I can probably do that better. Hold on, Sergey Kanazogol, Sergey Kanazogol. He's not Japanese. He's Russian. I know I did that in a Japanese accent. We'll call him Sergey. He's for he's fighting Rustam Akman. Sergey is twenty five and five. He is, excuse, oh, I don't have this on my paper. I just looked at my paper like, where's this fight at? He is 25 and 5, and he is a plus 150 underdog. And um, Ru- Rostam Ackman is a minus 185 favorite. He is, I, I think we got two different guys here because Oddsark's got another guy, and then they got another guy here. I don't know what's going on. I might skip this fight because they don't have it on my paper. I'm going to go ahead and skip this fight. I'm going to re, I have it written down here, so I'll add it to my total. But something's going on here with this communication. Tapology's got this guy, Rustam Ackman, who I'm sure that's right. He's a Swedish born fighter. I think he's making his UFC debut. So it makes sense that he's coming in on short notice. He's a striker against Sergey. But uh, Oddstar's got this uh, Bartos Fabulosos or whoever the fuck on here. So it's a little, little crazy here. I don't want to pick a fight that's never going to happen. So we're going to skip. To the next fight. I apologize for that. We'll iron that out later. Next up, you got Daniel Tamer, who is six and three. He is a what has he got? Minus one sixty favorite fighting. Let me see. Uh Sung Bin Yu. Sung Bin Yu, who's making his UFC debut, is plus one thirty. I love him when fighters do this on topology, and it's a lot of the the you know, Japanese fighters, Asian fighters, Korean fighters, and Russian fighters, they take the the picture with all the belts they got, right? And Sung Bin Yo, who was making his UFC debut, is 9-0, slight underdog. He's got three belts in this picture. Suit it and boot it. Good-looking kid. Doesn't, doesn't look super, you know, Asian to me. I mean, I know that might be wrong or whatever, but he's got a nice little part in his hair. You know, a lot of the guys that come from Korea kind of look like Dong Young Kim with the hair. I mean, not the way they look. Don't get fucking racist. I don't think they all look alike. But I'm talking about their hairstyles. You either look like Dong Young Kim where your hair is fucking straight up. Or you look like Korean Superboy where you got your fucking hair down like that. You know, Korean Zombie, he's got the Dung Young Kim. Korean Superboy, you know, you know, he's got the fucking old Bieber. This guy's nice and quaffed in this photo here. He's not a no, he's fought some really decent guys. He's, he's, he's got a lot of, lot of wins, a lot of finishes on his record. Um, finishes by strikes, submissions, whatever. I think he's going to be a handful. Never been impressed with the Tamer brothers. I know this is in Sweden. Um, David's not fighting this. Daniel is the younger brother. David Tamer, everyone kind of knows. Uh, Daniel is on a three-fight losing streak. Um, I believe his last fight, I think he fought Oliveira, right? Was that David? Uh, that was David. Chris Fishgold. Chris Fishgold beat him his last time. Holy RSA beat him time for that. And Danny Henry decisioned him. So he does not have a win in the UFC. He is, um, you know, he's he, he's fighting hometown, but he's fighting a tough guy. I like these Korean guys that when they come over and they debut, they got a strong grappling background most of the time. A lot of them that fight, you know, in Korea usually train at Korean top team ish or whatever. I don't know if that's what it's called now, but they all, you all kind of train together. They got a nice little stable over there. 
Um, I've, I've seen some highlights on this kid that's Sung Bin I do not know who he is. I don't know. Super familiar with him. I've never seen him fight live. Really impressed with his, with his, with his videos of him though. I think he's a real, real active dog here. They got him at minus, or excuse me, at plus 130, making his UFC debut. That's crazy. That's stealing. I would go snap that up right now. I might go make a bet right now. They already, they're, oh, okay. Well, I fucked up because now I'm looking at Oddsark and they have Bignol as the favorite and they have Tamer as the underdog. So either I wrote that down wrong, which, uh, let's just say that's not going to happen all that often. Nope. Okay. Nope. I definitely wrote it down wrong. Okay. So I'm taking, so I'm glad I didn't play my jingle. This is embarrassing. So my, my speculation was right. Having Sing Bignol as the underdog was crazy. It was crazy. It was so crazy it wasn't even true because I made a fucking mistake. So Sing Bing Yu is making his UFC debut for Dan- Daniel Tamer, who's 0-3 in the UFC. Go Ben Yu. Go finish as well. If you're going to bet that fight, you don't like the plus 155, you know, go f- bet the parlay, or excuse me, bet the prop. Bet the prop and say, I'm gonna, this fight's not going to go the distance. I don't know what that line is. Probably have to f- find out fight night, but uh, that's a good bet for you right there. All right. Man, back-to-back fights. Oh, I need to get it together. Tighten up here, Brian. All right, so next up, you got Crystal Gogogos. Gogogos. He is a plus 150 underdog. He's 16-7 versus Demir Hazovic. Hazovic. That's good. 13-4. He is a minus 185 favorite, right? There you go. Crystal Gogos is a guy that I got burned on last time he fought. Hirozoto Morota, right? Yeah, her. Mizuzoto Hirota, and he won by decision. I thought Morota was going to win that fight. Uh, and very embarrassing by me. Demir Hozovic is a guy who's been around for quite a while. He's actually fought in the UFC since 2016. His uh, UFC debut was against Maribik Tusamov. Maribik Tusamov. He lost by a knockout in the round one. It was a very close fight. He also had a loss to Alan Patrick by a decision. He has a win over uh, Nick Hine and Polo Reyes. Polo Reyes is a good stand-up guy, and uh, Demir has knocked him out. This is going to be an interesting fight because Christos is a guy that I really overlook. I don't think I'm not impressed with him. I just never have been. But he's probably going to try to grapple Demir and get a win there. Um, I'm going to pick Demir. Um, I like him out of, out of minus one eight five. I like this fight a lot. I, I want to bet him heavy. I think he'll he'll upset Christos. And maybe I'm saying this because I he's in my head a little bit because I was so sure of myself last time. Because I keep receipts on all my bets. Maybe maybe I'm in my head a little bit. But I do think Demir, who's had more UFC experiences, fault topper competition. I think he'll get the job done here. Next up, we got Maquan uh, Amir Khani, who is fourteen and three. He is a okay. He's a plus one hundred underdog versus Chris Fiskold, who's eighteen two and one. Who is and I'm gonna double check this because I might be wrong. A minus one thirty favorite. That seems off to me. Let me go the old odd shark here. All right, let's see. Buh, 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 buh. Yeah, uh, uh, Miracani is a plus one hundred. He's holding plus one hundred across. Some people have him a pick him on other sites, but. Uh, that seems about right to me. I'm on, I'm not impressed with Chris Fiskel. He's got an impressive record. He's a submission guy. He's a grapple guy. Um, I don't think that's going to play here. I think Amir Khani, a guy who kind of set the world on fire. He had he had a really quick submission win and then kind of like fizzled out a little bit. He was training at SBG. Don't know if he still is. He's I believe he's Finnish. Or is he Icelandic or is he Finnish? I think he's Finnish. You know, handsome guy. He's like 
tries to be a model and stuff like that. Yeah, he's from Finland. Okay. So they, according to Tapology, he's coming from straight last year, but I don't know if that's true. He has a win over Jason Knight, a split decision win where he basically was just ch- uh, taking Jason Knight down over and over and over again. Um, this could be interesting because Chris Fiskold is decent on the ground. I do think he gasses a lot. <clears throat> I think Amir Khan is going to be able to hang with him on the ground. I like Amir Khan as the underdog. I think he's just overall a better fighter than Chris Fiskold. I think if the fight doesn't go to the ground, I think Amir Khan is going to be okay. I don't think Chris Fiskold will be. But if it does go to the ground, which is what, obviously what Chris Fiskold wants, I still think Amir Khan is going to be okay. I like Amir Khan in this fight. I think he needs to get on a nice little run here. I think he's marketable. He's a good-looking dude. He talks well. Not the most exciting guy in the world fighting. I mean, he does have decent skills all over, all over, but he doesn't fight active enough for me. Um, probably because he's all banging chicks because he's you know thinks he's fucking hot shit. I like him. This should be a coming out party for him. I think he can get a Chris Fishgold finish here. I think he can finish Fishgold. Um, but I'm not going to tell you to bet that. I'm going to tell you to bet Americani and uh, yep, yeah, take the under on that one. Next up, you got Jimmy Manuel, who's 17 and five. He's, he's a plus 170 underdog versus Alexander Rekic, who's 11 and one, who is a minus 210 favorite. Oh, this fight's, this, you know, I like Jimmy Manawa. I think he's a good benchmark. I remember he was one of the few guys that turned down the UFC. I believe he was undefeated, you know, just wrecking in Europe, mainly in, in London and England and stuff. And they're like, hey, you want to come over? And he goes, nah, I'm not ready yet, right? And he's a little bit older, a little bit longer in the tooth. Then he came over. He's had some nice wins, but he's had some ugly losses too. He's got a little bit of a chin problem, but he's big, he's powerful, but he's slow. And he's getting older too, so that chin's not getting any better. Um... Alexander Reckett's a guy on his way up. He is in that kind of, um, where, where is he from here? Yeah, I mean, he's from Austria. Excuse me. I, I thought he was from um, like Scandinavia or something like that. He's from Austria. So, I mean, he's obviously a European fighter. So is Jimmy Manawal. Um, But I like Reckett a lot. He's impressed me in a lot of his debuts. I think his chin is going to be a problem later on in his career. I, I don't love his chin. I think he's really more well-rounded than Jimmy Manawal as well. I think he can win this fight anywhere. I'm going to take Reckick. Really no analy- you know, analytics. Manalytics need to be put into this. I think Reckick's going to win this fight. I think he'll probably finish Jimmy Manawal within one or two. Manawal's, I mean, he's tough. He can hang tough. Uh, Reckick, I don't think, has like the biggest power in the world. He is coming off a nice little spinning back fist knockout. But um, I like uh, I like Reckick big in this fight. I like a finish, too. I think there will be a finish either way. Either way you look at it, if you don't listen to me and you think Manuel's got it, you want the under, take the under, but make sure you bet the prop that it won't go to the decision. Next up, you got Vulcan. <coughs> Excuse me. Vulcan Ozemir, who is 15 and 4. He's a minus 130 favorite versus Lilith Latifi, who's 14 and 6. He's a plus 100 underdog. Let me double check since I fucked up already. Okay, so now this, this line is, is pretty much even. You can get Latifi at a minus 110, 111 underdog at some of the other places but i imagine since it's a little early in the week that it will close pretty close to even uh Volko Ozmir needs a win i mean that's bottom line this guy fought daniel cormier he's had the classic um you know go for a title and then you know, he won three in a row now you've lost three in a row uh dominic reyes the fight with dominic reyes i think was a little bit closer than than what people gave him credit for um dominic reyes is a young up-and-coming kid i, I thought that fight was really close i did have reyes winning but the fight was a little close Anthony Smith, the loss before D- uh, he lost to DC, which he, you know, that DC's one of the best in the world. Then you lose Anthony Smith in the main event. Um, 
you guessed as simply as that. You guessed both Anthony Smith and him guessed. Anthony Smith just happened to have a little bit better of a ground game at that time, but he looked good in the beginning of the Anthony Smith fight. It was actually worrying me a lot because that was the fight that I picked against Florian on the, the Anakin Florian podcast. Luckily, Vulcan gassed, and uh, I got the points there. I mean, that's what really matters here. Lillier Latifi is a guy that I can't, I just, I just can't get behind. There's nothing against him. His head's bigger than my fucking office. He's powerful. I mean, he's strong, and you know, he calls guys out too. He always wants the big fights, but when the big fights come, you know, he 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 doesn't show up, right? I think he does have a little bit of a chin problem. He lost to Corey Anderson last time out uh, by wrestling. You know, Corey fought a wonderful fight. He um, pretty much uh, knocked out Ovin St. Proof, knocked him down with a big punch, but choked him out with a front guillotine. Before that, he beat uh, Tyson Pedro. And then his last knockout loss was to Ryan Bader. He's kind of all over the place. I mean, he's been knocked out several times in the UFC. Big, thick, strong guy. Obviously, he's Swedish. He's, I believe, he's good friends with Alexander Gustafsson. So this is a this is a very, uh, you know, hometown heavy crowd. It's just tough to fight. I want to I want to take the underdog number. I want to take Little TV, and it's so easy for me to do it. I could just fucking say to do it. But I'm gonna go with Volkan Ozdemir. I think he needs a win more than Latifi does, even though they're both coming off losses. Latifi's gonna probably come out and try to grapple a little bit. Volkan Ozdemir, that's what he did his last fight against Dominic Reyes was, was just wrestling, straight wrestling. So he's obviously been working a lot. I think he's still down in South Florida. So I I, I see the wrestling canceling out. Both guys have a little bit of a gas tank issue. Um, both guys are powerful. I think the first round is going to really dictate how this fight goes. They're both very dangerous in the first round. Both have heavy, heavy hands. It's a coin flip. It is um, a lot of a lot of people would probably call me crazy because you can get Lilir Latifi as an under as a plus right now, and it's Sweden. It's his hometown. All those things are great. I just I got a thing that Volkan Ozdemir is going to come out. and I think he's going to clip him early, and I think if he doesn't, I, I'm not going to bet any finish or anything like that. I'll, I just think Volkan Ozdemir can get it done. Uh, and I think he will get it done. So main event time, uh, pretty good main event here. You got Alexander Gustafsson, who's 18 and five. He is a minus 315 favorite versus Anthony Smith, 31 and 14. He's a plus 245 dog. Um, this is this fight really bothers me several several different ways. I I wrote a blog on MMAtakes.com. I've talked about it here. I picked Anthony Smith over Vulcan on the floor and Nick and Florian podcast. Florian picked Ozdemir. I got it right. I owe Anthony Smith a lot. I love the guy's mental. I love the guy's story. I mean, if you look at his record and how many fights he lost at some bingo halls in Nebraska and he made it to the UFC and continued to fight and they got a title shot and and, and he's really well-spoken and, and, I, and I like Anthony Smith a lot. Um, the one thing I don't like, there's actually two things I don't really like. I really hated his performance against John Jones. It's it's one thing to go in there and to lose against John Jones because everyone has done it and that's fine. But it's another thing to go, I'm not gonna be like anybody else. I'm gonna go in there and take it to John Jones. I'm not gonna be memorized by John Jones. He said all these things that he's not gonna do, and he went in there and did it. He did not, I mean, it was such it, it was painstaking because it's not like there was a tremendous amount of opportunity against John Jones, because it is the fucking goat. But there was chances where you should have went out there and listen, if I'm fighting John Jones. And I'm a 185-pounder, essentially, that did not do great at 85 and popped up to 205 and resurged my career. And I'm probably getting maybe one of the only title shots I'm going to get. I'm going out there fucking swinging. Anthony Smith went out there and almost wanted to fight not to get embarrassed. He didn't want to, like, lose. I remember listening to his corner. His corner was going nuts on him. Like, what's going on? 
I didn't like that. And I also didn't like the fact that he was going to take time off and then they asked him to do this and he's taking this fight. I feel like he's not there mentally. I feel like he's slipping a little bit. Gustafson is not an easy guy to fucking take lightly. It's not a guy that you were like, uh, I kind of want to fight him. I guess I'll do it. But after this, I'm taking time off. Probably shouldn't be fighting, right? You just shouldn't do it. I, I liked when he called out Gustafson and he was going to take that fight on short notice or whenever that was last summer when he was going on his run. I loved all that mental, but the past two times, I just, the, the, from the John Jones fight, of all the things he said he wasn't going to do that he did do, and then the fact that he didn't really want to take this fight, but he's taking it, and then he wants time off, that really adds up. Now, if you look at their skills, Alexander Gustafson is built like John Jones, right? He's tall, he's lanky, he's um, tough to deal with striking-wise or whatever, and Alexander Gustafson doesn't lose unless your name's fucking Anthony Johnson or Daniel Cormier and obviously John Jones. He had a pull groin in the John Jones fight, a tour groin, so he's talking about how that affected him when they went to the ground. Before that, he didn't look great either, so they, they're both coming off John Jones losses. Um, they match up pretty well. They're both strikers, right? I think Anthony Smith is probably going to maybe take this fight to the ground. Gustafson's already saying, listen, I don't have a tour groin now. No one can hold me down. Anthony Smith can't hold me down. Um it's tough for me to say this because I like Anthony Smith and he's got such a nice number next to his name and I wish I could ride the wagon that was Anthony Smith for a while. I just, all the things that are adding up, I just don't think he has it. I think he's mentally checked out. I think this is going to be a good payday for him. Main event payday. Um, <clears throat> and he's probably rolling the dice like, listen, I'm going to get time off after this and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to count my money. <clears throat> I don't know if winning and losing is that important to him right at this point. I, I, I don't like that he said that he didn't want to take this fight, but... The UFC kind of talked him into it. So I'm picking Gustafson. Um, I don't like the line next to Gustafson. 315 is a little high. Um, but it, it wouldn't be the worst bet if you bet Anthony Smith. All right. My voice is leaving me. I'm going to cough like 40 times after I get off this. I need to get something to drink. So that is UFC Stockholm. I will talk to you guys. So there's you'll be listening to this again like on a Thursday on the, uh, what is that, 30th maybe. So you'll be listening to this um, Thursday. And then you'll hear me the following week. Um, I did a podcast, a uh, pick on podcast for USD 238. I had a guest on there. So we, it was a guest picker. So we, we already recorded that. We did that yesterday. So that was awesome. You're a lot of fun. You guys are going to enjoy that a lot. So we did that. So that those next two weeks, you're just going to hear a pick on podcast. And then when I get back from vacation, I'll do a full rundown of all the crazy shit that's going on in, uh, in the MMA world. So, all righty. I will talk to you guys in probably about a week and a half. All right, I'll see you.